Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Buggin Gettys. Blessing, you're my favorite thing about Mondays. I want you to know that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're my favorite <laughs> thing about Mondays, too, Tim. Hell yeah, man. It's going to be a good one. Fuck both of you. How's that sound? Fuck both of you. Kevin, Kevin I can't give five. you every day, okay? You get Tuesday through Sunday. <laughs> is that fair? Tuesday through Sunday. A whole six days out of the week dedicated to Kevin. Tim, can you believe we're a, a month away from E3? No, I can't. That doesn't feel I real. I simply can't believe that. Like, not only that, we're a month away from Ratchet and Clank. We're weeks away from Resident Evil Village. Like, video we're, games are happening around Resident Evil us. Village is this week. It really? comes out this Friday. Yeah. Kind of funny well, how sure. you're wrong. It's, it's out this week, right? I'm not crazy. But we are weeks away from Mass Effect. Yeah, it comes out Friday, yeah. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. What a time to be alive, gamers. Dude, what a year. This year is going by so quick. Before you know it, we'll have God of War in our hands by this fall. Mm -hmm. Am I right, Mm -hmm. Tim? You're exactly right. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Tim, let's talk about video games. Today's stories include Returnal needing a save feature, Konami skipping E3, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, we got a whole bunch of content that is live right now since Friday. Uh, kind of Funny XCast went live over the weekend with a special guest, Andrew Lyons. Uh, Paris is hosting that one as well, so get hyped about that. Go check that out if you haven't. Uh, and they're talking all about Halo Infinite and cross-play and pro- cross-progression and all that good stuff. Uh, then we had a Kind of Funny podcast go live uh, right now. When it went live this morning, and it features Greg and Jen talking about their pregnancy journey. And it's an awesome one because it begins with the clip of Greg telling all of us about his pregnancy. And let me tell you, that Greg, he's a trickster. You he's a I mean? trickster. Oh, he's yeah. He's a trickster. You got all of us. And so go check that out if you want to see what that's about. Uh, then a highlight video of me and Andy playing Resident Evil 7 is up right now. That's, of course, edited by Roger Bicorni, the editing wizard. Uh, and then uh, not to mention our reaction to the Invincible finale. That's also up. Uh, and let me tell you, everybody should go watch Invincible. Screenlit for oh, season yeah. two and three. Woo! Hyped about it. Go hyped about it. Of course, all Man, that is up right now. we've been killing it with content. YouTube.com slash kind of funny and kind of funny games. We got stuff left and right. It's awesome, like going through. Like I'm, I'm mainly focused on the game side of things because I pretty much appear almost exclusively on the game side of things. But like looking through and just like checking out all the videos that we upload in a week, it's wild. It's wild how much wild. content we put out. Oh yeah. Some might say that it's too much content, but I'm not one of those people. I enjoy all of it. <laughs> so go check those out. YouTube.com/slash kind of funny and YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games. You listen, all right. Some people want to be heard and. You know, maybe we, maybe we should acknowledge him every once in a while. This is this is one of those times where we go down a rabbit hole and we're like, I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore, but like I'm yeah. committing to talking, so it's happening. Yeah, it's it's being said. Uh, the next two Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games, they're partnering with Razer to show off the RTX 30 series powered blade laptops with Andy and the boys playing some playing some Warzone. So again, tune in 11 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow and the next. Tuesday 
to get all that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen! Starting with our number one, everybody, Housemark hears you. Housemark hears your complaints about Returnal's save system. I'm pulling from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. And before I even get into it, Tim, have you re- revisited uh, Returnal? Have you been playing anymore? Yeah, just a little. I had to, been playing games for review, so uh, Pokemon Snap and stuff. So yeah. I haven't had too much time, but damn, what a video game. Where are you but at also, with... uh, a, save, a save feature would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where are you at with the save system? Because for me, playing it over the course of my, my 30 hours, I didn't mind it at first, the game not having mm-hmm. save in the middle of a run. But toward my final, let's say, 10 hours of my trying to beat the game, I, I, I did get to some points where I was like, all right, man, it'd be nice if I could save and quit and be comfortable with the fact that I'm not going to lose my run, especially when I'm an hour and a half in. Uh, and a lot of people have been pointing that out. Again, I'm going to pull from Andy Robinson at VGC who wraps it up for us. As a roguelike, the PS5 exclusive does not allow players to save their progress during gameplay. As the risk-reward dynamic, which upon death sees players sent back to the beginning of the game with virtually none of their items, is considered a key part of the genre. However, many players have complained that gameplay sessions can last too long, sometimes several hours, and there's no means to stop and save, outside of keeping the PS5 console in sleep mode. One popular Reddit thread said of the issue, quote, While I understand that people are saying a save file option would kill the roguelike character uh, because of the ability to just reload, I have to say some some people aren't able to play without save options. It continued, quote, my first run lasted nearly two hours, and it got me straight to biome two. The time, the time when I reached the new biome was three a.m. for me, and I wanted to go to sleep because I had to work the next day. End quote. The thread, which at the time of publishing has over seven hundred comments, goes on to suggest an autosave, which deletes upon death. On Friday, developer Housemark acknowledged the Reddit thread, writing, "Quote: We hear the community, and we love you all." Nothing nothing to announce now, but keep playing and enjoying the challenge as you can, end quote. And that's something I, I definitely identify with that this person is, is describing, right? Like being deep into a run, being a few hours into a run and being like, all right, I want to take a break. And then either putting your console on sleep mode and something happens or being worried about like there's a there's a great tweet from Dunky here, Kevin, if you're able to, to bring it up for, for the screen. There's a tweet from Dunky. It's all right. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, the, in the, and he posts a screenshot of the notification on PlayStation, and, this, and the notification says, uh, this game was updated while in rest mode. The updated game was closed. Uh, mm. And Donkey tweeted, thank you, Returnal. <laughs> and so, I like, feel that in my soul. Shit like that happens. I'm like that pretty much that happened to me one time. There was another time where right before recording, I think a games cast or some podcast, I was playing Returnal right before it. And I think I was live with you guys before we went on the show. And I put my console on rest mode because I was about 45 minutes into a really good run, put it on rest mode. And then my uh, my PS5 booted back up to tell me you had a system update. And I was like, fuck, I just lost that run. And part of that is on me because I have that setting enabled. But then also there will be times where I'm playing where there are two times where the game crashed on me, right? And across 30 hours, that's not that bad, except for when you're an hour and a half into a run, that becomes a bad thing because you just lost mm-hmm. all that progress. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it, it's rough. This is the type of thing that I think as video games mature, there's going to be a lot of these like things that at one point were considered quality of life, but at this point are just considered kind of 
standards that we expect out of video games. And I think that there is kind of a, a unwritten rule that if you're investing over an hour into a game, there should be some level of save, some level of checkpoint that you can kind of hit to be able to, to pause because of your life. And especially as video game consoles and home entertainment systems have kind of merged into one where people use their PlayStations for multiple things, not just for playing video games. Um, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that play for a little bit, then watch something for a little bit, then go back to playing. And it's kind of like just bouncing around. And that's just a normal way that people live. So mm -hmm. more options are always a good thing. And uh, it, it does suck that, uh, you know, there's there's so much negativity being thrown around about this and you know house mark acknowledging it but not really saying they're actually going to change it or fix it obviously not the best thing to say but i we also kind of have to give them the the time to look into this and figure out if they're going to have a solution and if they're going to update and and fix this or you know then maybe not fix but give people options because at the end of the day more options are a good thing yeah yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? I can understand where this decision was made somewhere along the process because the reason the reason why I'd say the game doesn't have a save system mid-run right now is the fact that it is a roguelike and you can save scum that, right? Like I can easily see people getting to the point where they're getting tired of the runs or they're getting tired of losing shit and they get an hour and a half into a run or they get right before, let's say, a boss store and they're mm -hmm. like, cool. I'm going to save right here and I'm going to upload that to the cloud. And so if I die right at this boss, I'm just going to reload that save and try again. And I understand for Housemark why they'd be like, no, we don't want that because we want people to play the game the way we want to play the game. The question then becomes, what is, what, what is worth sacrificing for uh, uh, that intent versus the comfort of the people playing, right? People being able to choose yeah. the way they play. And I think in that situation, you might have to make the choice of like, hey, let people play the way they want to play. If they want to abuse the system and uh, in order to make the game easier for them, so be it. Like I, I played Bloodborne late last year, right? And that's the game that lets you save scum. You can get right before a boss door, upload your save to the cloud and reload. Like I did that for the final boss for um, uh, uh, Gearman, where, you know, like, Granted, and for Gearman, you don't really have to re reload to get back to the spot because you you spawn right before him. But when you're fighting a boss in Bloodborne, you're using resources and you're using health files and all this shit. And so I would save scum just so I wouldn't have to go back and farm health files. And that's that was for me a way to keep the game being tolerable in that moment. And I think that I think for for the most part that trumps the idea of like, hey, we got we got to make sure people aren't able to 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 um, uh, abuse the system. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I feel like the option should always be there. And I don't even think that it should be as complicated as having to upload things to the cloud or whatever. I think it should just be a built-in option in the game to let people enjoy the way that they want to. Like, as long as they're getting enjoyment out of it, like, that's the, that's evidence of a good product, right? Especially when you're talking about video games where enjoyment is the goal. Uh, and especially with, you know, where we've seen games at lately when it comes to accessibility, but even just giving people the options to play how they want to play of various difficulty modes or whatever you even want to call them, just different types of experiences. Uh, and it's just kind of a standard thing nowadays to have a easy mode. That's not even necessarily called easy mode, but it's story mode or whatever. Right. Yeah. And for a game like returnal where the vision very much is trial and error, do it over and over and over again. And you know, eventually you'll get through it. I get that that is the vision, but I feel like video games, 
nowadays are expected to work on at least two levels on the intended vision level, but then also on the, just let me play it the way I want to play level. Exactly. Tim, we have breaking news. Can you believe it? As we went live, PlayStation announced that they're partnering with Discord. I'm reading directly from the SIE website uh, from a post written by Jim Ryan, the president and CEO over uh, at SIE. Uh, At PlayStation, we're constantly looking for new ways to enable players around the world to connect with one another, form new friendships and communities, and share fun experiences and lasting memories. It's in this spirit that we're excited to announce a new partnership with Discord, the the communication service popularized by gamers and used by more than 140 million people every month around the world. Together, our teams are already hard at work connecting Discord with your social and gaming experience on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out, have fun, and communicate more easily while playing games together. To bring these experiences to life for our players, Sony Interactive Entertainment has made a minority investment as part of Discord's series H-Round. From our from our very first conversation with co-founders Jason Citron and Stan Vishnev man Vishnevsky Vishnevsky I'm gonna say that I was inspired by I was inspired by their lifelong love for gaming and our team's shared passion to help bring friends and communities together in new ways. Empowering players to create communities and enjoy shared gaming experiences is at the heart of what we do. So we are beyond excited to start this journey with one of the world's most popular communication services it's always a privilege to work with great partners to bring to bring fresh experiences to our fans and we'll have more to share in the coming months stay tuned to our channels and discord for all the latest updates holy shit tim i mean this is this is crazy it's obviously big news huge news great news like the anything discord's fantastic when it comes to bringing communities together and in terms of just good communication product and all that stuff so Adding that to ecosystems like PlayStation is fantastic. This is crazy with the recent news of Microsoft almost being involved and acquiring them and all that. So it's just crazy the the big power money moves that are being made between the big dogs. I will say, what does this, or I have to ask, what does this actually mean though? Because Discord is something that obviously we use to record these shows. I understand there's the communities and all this stuff, but how mainstream is discord of a, as a not just a service but even just as an idea like what is this going to mean to just the general public of users on like discord you mean outside of playstation or for the play, playstation audience for playstation the playstation audience that might that aren't as dialed in i mean i think like what's the end this, result of this i think the end result of this is creating a better playstation network experience you know, I, I the move that PlayStation has made from PS4 to PS5 in updating the PSN network to to kind of function in in uh, a different way feels like them being inspired by Discord and trying to enable some Discord a Discord like experience when when they when they when they took parties right and put them into basically your group chats and reconfigured all that. Looking at it, it very much seems like they're trying to emulate Discord in some way, but. I don't think right now that system is all the way there. I think the idea is there, but there's still things here and there where it's like, man, PSN still feels clunky in some ways, and it still feels like they're trying to grow what this new form of it looks like. I think them partnering with Discord is them being like, fuck it, these guys know how to do this shit. Let's just see if we can, if we can, you know, put a minority stake in, in this company and have and have them 
figure that out for us and lean into the fact that we're trying to be discord and so let's just let's, just let's do just it be discord yeah. yeah that's awesome that's crazy god and yeah, this like, also doesn't preclude microsoft from getting involved as well like i imagine mm -hmm. that in an ideal world this is what enhances crossplay right because 100%. as the industry kind of shifts forward and changes in terms of you know what used to be not a fucking chance in hell of the different uh of microsoft and sony like being able to play nice together but now crossplay is becoming more and more of a standard more expected from the major third-party games like the communication between those systems ideally would be a, a shared platform but that's like more and more steps towards like equity among the the shareholders that i don't know we'll ever fully get but it's nice to see at least some steps that allow it in any way yeah. and uh, discord seems to be that i would assume that, like though, a proprietary this, thing. this probably does mean that the talks of discord being acquired by microsoft even though it was reported previously that those talks ended that probably keeps this from those top those talks reopening up and that actually happening you know and so like that i think that comes into play in terms of the competition of it but then also going back to how this affects the playstation ecosystem they do right here that our goal is to bring the discord and playstation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year and there was the job posting a few weeks ago of playstation hiring somebody to, to direct uh their uh uh mobile game strategy and so i wonder how much of that is is how much of these how much these things are connected where they're like cool we want to lean into more mobile games as playstation but in order to do that, we, you know, it's so interesting thing about what this looks like. It might be a thing of like, hey, yeah, we have, let's say, last this multiplayer works on console and then also on mobile. Cool. Discord will be the thing that connects those experiences so that you're able to talk to friends and play at the same time. That's a very extreme example because I don't think last this multiplayer is going to be on mobile. But if that were the case or you have some sort of games that interact in that sort of way, that can then be a solution of, OK, cool. This is how our whole ecosystem can talk together. Yeah. Goddamn. Very this is cool. Wild. This is really cool. Very excited to uh, to ponder and wonder what this looks like. And of course, get more information as the year goes. I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot on PS I Love You, recording right <laughs> after this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. And so if you're a Patreon member, definitely tune into that live. Otherwise, you can get that everywhere tomorrow morning. Tim. And then Nintendo will use it too, and it'll be great. And then it'll be great. Let's get back to the regularly scheduled news. Wow, that was exciting. <laughs> some like, good breaking news coming in what like legitimately like, delayed it broke and i saw the headline and i was like oh that seems big but it can't be as big as i think and then by halfway through the news story i was like fuck this is huge this is crazy <laughs> like this is what i asked for this is what i was asking for like a few months ago and so yeah go get them let's see what comes out of that story number three <laughs> konami is skipping e3 this is from jordan gerblick at games radar Konami has announced that it won't be in attendance at E3 2021 due to timing. In an announcement shared on the official Konami Twitter account, the studio confirms that it has several projects in development that we can expect to hear, hear about within a matter of months. Konami also expresses its support for the ESA and confidence in E3 2021's success. Quote, due to timing, we will not be ready to present at E3 this year, Konami writes. We want to reassure our fans that we are deep in development on a number of key projects, so please stay tuned for some updates in the coming months. While we are not participating this year, we have great respect for the ESA and know that 2021 will be a great success. We'll continue to support the ESA and wish the best to all participants at this year's show, end quote. The official E3 2021 schedule originally included and a quote, early commitment from Konami alongside Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers Games, and Cook Media. 
The exact reason for the reversal isn't clear, but VESA released its own rather amicable statement on, on the matter. Quote, we support our partner Konami's decision to not participate in E3 this year, and we're excited to see what they'll be announcing in the future when they're ready to do so. We can't wait for the return to E3 2022, but in the meantime, we look forward to sharing all the highly anticipated reveals, programming, and so much more at this year's E3. End quote. Tim. Very, very interesting stuff in a lot of ways. One, yes. a commitment that Konami's still making games, which is like, okay, cool. Can't wait to see what those are. Uh, also, this is interesting because they were part of the original E3 partnerships, like when they announced that uh, who's going to be there. So for them to pull out weeks away from this, pretty interesting of a move, right? Like, I, I wonder what caused that. Was it a game not being ready? Was it a trailer not being ready? What were they even going to show originally that would cause them to now back out? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And that I think that is the bigger question is what would what would Konami's presence at E3 even be? Because right now, I'm, I'm as as we're going, I'm probably going to Google Konami to see if they have anything announced. Like Konami hasn't been putting out big titles since Metal Gear Solid Survive. Five or Survive. Survive. Count that. <laughs> uh, and so it makes me wonder if they were planning a big return, and maybe that big return just isn't ready yet. Yeah, I mean. I, it's it's interesting because what would a big return even look like? Obviously, they have so many IP, Metal Gear, Castlevania. What, but what are they going to do with those? And like, it, it's surprising because they have been putting out games. It's just none of them are like big brand new experiences. Like in the last couple of years, sure. we got that that new Contra game. There's been a whole bunch of collections, uh, like the old Castlevania games. I'm at what point are we going to get a Castlevania Game Boy Advance DS collection? Because that seems like we're way overdue um for for that i'm surprised that we haven't seen any type of re-release of those games ever if i remember correctly uh and that'd be awesome but then on top of that yeah like metal gear like it has to be here at some point right right ladies guys, and gentlemen greg miller guys should i pull out of e3 i don't know man this is I this mean, is this with, is huge, right? With Konami pulling out, I, I mean, think. this is we all it's thought it was gonna, dire. I was I was expecting Silent Hill. That's kind of you know what I mean. That we were gonna and come in there and gonna have Metal yeah. Gear, gonna have a Silent Hill. No, they're not there. What's <laughs> your take on this, Greg? Konami pulling out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sucks, easier. obviously. I think we were all excited to see them on there because you go, what the fuck is Konami going to have? <laughs> but uh, I think that, you know, it's that mystery. They must have what, I, in my, if, and uh, again, for full disclosure, of course, as one of the hosts of E3, I would tell you if I, I, you know how I do predictions. I wouldn't say anything if I knew something. I don't know anything. We haven't had pre-production meetings in terms of what's going to be there and what's going to not be there. I know as much as you off of the main page. So when I saw that they announced they were going to be there, my thoughts were, oh, they're going to have a trailer for a game. They're going to have, maybe it is that Silent Hill that's, you know, the rumor constantly gets kicked around. Maybe it is going to be them partnering somebody to do a Metal Gear kind of thing. So my thoughts always were that it wasn't going to be Konami's going to have a press conference that they were going to do like yeah. a giant thing. I thought they'd be combined with, you know, the ESA show we're putting together out there. So my thoughts are that they had one game and they got to this point and they're like, listen, it's just not where it needs to be or whatever the trailer was, whatever they wanted to do. This isn't the first blush they want to show for it. What's up, Tim? Greg, I have a question for you that I don't know if you if you have the answer. I don't know if you even can answer it or whatever. But sure. what are you hosting? E3. Isn't that good enough for you? 
Yeah, I guess. Which one to hear? You know what I mean? But like, yeah. what, what does that mean? Do you know what that means? Can you God. tell me what that means? You didn't means? tell me you were going to ask me these kind of questions, Tim. I don't know. Oh, God, hold on. They gave me a thing here that I could answer press people if they ask me questions. Hold on. <laughs> I'll look oh into God. what I'm allowed to say here. <laughs> But regardless, right regardless, regardless like, you don't people. need to tell me shit. What I'm interested in is like, yeah, where would Konami have fit in this? Because like that's trying to like frame my idea of what would they have been talking about? Would this have been like that weird Contra game that <laughs> they were putting out? Or would this have been a Silent Hill or Metal Gear? Or would it have been like some type of collection leaning back on their older stuff? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Wikipedia, there's a Wikipedia that is specifically for the list of Konami games. And looking through it, they've put they've been putting out games, but it's been very obscure, low-key stuff. And so in 2021, they put out Sound Voltex Valkyrie Model, Sound Voltex Exceed Gear, and Baseball Collection Season 2021. Uh, in 2020, they put out Baseball Collection Season 2020, Quiz Match yeah, Academy, <laughs> Mahjong Fight Club, Dance Dance Revolution A20+, and again, like the list goes on like that. And going back previous years, it pretty much looks exactly the same the same types of games there's bomber girl that came out in 2018 uh along with pop and music piece and then in 2017 we have nostalgia uh mahjong fight club uh quiz magic academy etc etc and so like i mean maybe it looks like that maybe it is maybe it is them talking about like mobile games or pitching machines or very low-key releases the ones that they've been doing over the last couple of years but nah, that doesn't scream to me that's... e3 presentation but more than that they wouldn't pull out then I'm ready to they chime in when you're me. ready for me. That's true. That's good. Go for it. Go for it. My camera's not on, sorry. I just jumped in to make a joke. I didn't realize I was really doing E3 2021 present. So people in the chat are like, oh, man, Greg knows nothing, and I love it, and he's got a note card. It's not that I don't know anything. It's always that thing. What am I allowed to say? I don't exactly. know what the content is. I know what the plan is. And so as I've been looking over the document here for basic stuff that you're allowed to say, what has been confirmed, obviously, is that, of course, like, you know, E3 being this multi-day thing, right? This digital experience, uh, June 12th through the 15th. What I've been telling people about when I'm, I, you know, not on camera, not talking on a microphone, has been the idea of like, what does that mean? To me, the easiest way to pitch this would be imagine if E3 was run like IGN, GameSpot, whoever runs an E3 live show. That's what you're going to see oh, from all this. I, me, okay. Golden Boy, and Jackie are hosting that entire experience. So you're going to get uh, conversations like podcasts with developers. You're going to get demos. You're going to get uh, uh, panel discussion, pre and post stuff on what's happening. And then on top of that, since we're the official channel, we're also like, all right, cool. That's what we think is going to happen in whatever, you know, X, from developer X you're about to see. But let's go to their showcase right now. And then their showcase starts. And you come out of that and we're like, that was the developer X's showcase. What did we all think? Don't forget up next, there's going to be this, that. And the other, and there's a whole bunch of different like crazy activities and things that are happening on top of that. But like that's the easiest way to put, wrap your head around it right now. I'm gonna you're wrong myself. This Wikipedia article is wild. Uh, basically, the games I was reading off are all arcade games. It's separated by year, but then also separated by platform. And so they've also released a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting though, Greg. That's actually really, really, really exciting. And I've always wondered why ESA hasn't done that because before the Jeff Keeley YouTube sponsored stuff which was esa yeah right but that was yeah. more like gdc type conversations like every once in a while there'd be a pretty major thing but or like a celebrity like elon musk or whatever but like this sounds way more content focused and showing off content that's pretty cool and that's the whole thing is you know from the beginning when they approached me about this and what they've talked about publicly about it right is the idea that it's them really owning e3 and then also using it as a place for everyone else to come in they've talked about all these media partners right they've talked about ign they've talked about uh, so on and so forth and the fact that 
the idea is bringing those personalities onto the official stream and then us being like, all right, great talking to you, Damon. Of course, remember, if you want to keep up with Damon, he's over at live right now on IG and doc. Like, you know, it's yeah. totally what Tim, you and I have talked about from uh, that first VidCon that we ever got sent to or I ever got sent to where it was like, you know, there aren't there is no competition. There's only collaboration. And so the yeah. idea that ESA is trying to be like, no, no, we're going to do E3 and be E3, but also acknowledge that there's these other people doing awesome content around it and send them out that way. Uh, one thing, if you don't mind me calling out here, since I've, we have, <laughs> I love that last week was so batshit crazy with announcements and things and all sorts of shit happening that I haven't actually talked about hosting E3 on any of our shows. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, right? One of the ones in here, uh, Amon from DC says, will Greg join kind of funny reacts for E3? Yes, I want to call that out. Like the uh, people that are running this show for the ESA and are planning this with us and I have a couple calls this week about what's going on from the jump, understand who they hired and who they're, what they're hiring. And the idea is that literally, again, no competition, only collaboration. <laughs> I will be on the E3 stage or whatever, you know, stage show, digital experience, whatever you want to call it. And I will be like, all right, up next is the yada, yada, yada. And then maybe I do, maybe I don't. But be like, if you want to catch up with me, I'm going to go react to this over on Kind of Funny. And then I will intro out. I will take off the microphone and I will go to my little computer station <laughs> wherever we are. And I will then discord into our call and be like, all right, guys, what's happening? Yada, yada, yada. It's going to be insane Amazing. it's gonna be like four days us. of non-stop work and it's gonna be pure e3 it's i can't so tired i can't Yo, this fucking is wait. the return of e3 man like we are a month away for like oh my god it's just i love that the world has been so shitty for so long we're finally getting some sense of normalcy and on top of that it, there's just an energy and a new level of hype all the the welcome back to the movie stuff like fast drop their their thing uh it's just like movies all of a sudden just going to a theater is like this hype thing yeah, the yeah. exact same thing is being applied to E3 here, where it's like, this is the return of E3. It seems to be doper than it's ever been, more focused, hopefully. Yeah. And on top of that, it's a, ne a new generation of consoles. Like, so much opportunity here. All right, I'm going to get back to getting PS. I love you. Right. ready. Uh, I'll talk yeah. to you guys later. Uh, you're going to want to add the Discord uh, story, Greg. All right, first off, a joke. You're gonna do that. I, I was the one who that. fucking added it to your document. I'm the one over here producing your show while you're live. All right? I can only do so many things at once. I don't look at well, the no, news. No, no, I'm not asking. I'm not saying like, you should have done it. I'm just letting you know I already know about the news, man. I appreciate, Come I appreciate on. you, Greg. I'm Thank trying you. to think of like I, Here's the thing. You guys, Jumbo 747 plane flying through the air. Mm -hmm. Me, Fine. I'm the even bigger gasoline plane. And I'm coming over, and that little thing that looks like a dick extends out of me, and then it goes yeah. into your hole, and I give you all my gasoline. Oh. All my yuck, yuck juice. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to transition to ads, but I guess I'm going to transition to story number four off of that one. <laughs> story number four, a whole bunch of more games are getting FPS boosts on Xbox. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is enabling its Xbox FPS boost mode on 74 more games starting today, uh, bringing the total up to 97 games. What a Tattles jump. Getting... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just what talk up? about those numbers. Oh, we're yeah. Going, we're going boosted up 74 to 97. That is that means today no, is the bit, like by far oh, the biggest jump ever. No, we're going from like 13 or some shit up to 97 games. Like 74 more games are getting FPS yeah. boost. Oh yeah. Fucking wild. Titles getting an FPS boost include Assassin's Creed Unity, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Wasteland 3, and Far Cry 5, all moving to 60 FPS. You can find the full list at Microsoft's website. The FPS boost feature for Xbox Series X and Series S consoles is designed to make existing games run better. Microsoft has improved frame rates with, with some backward compatible titles, but the FPS boost feature improves older games without developers having to make changes. 
The updates come just uh, just weeks after Microsoft also added FPS boost to 13 EA games, with 12 of them adding support for up to 120 FPS. Microsoft also added FPS boost to a number of Bethesda games back in March. Both of these previous editions bumped the total number to 23 games in total with FPS boost, but Microsoft's updates updates today uh, brings that all the way up to 997. Again, wild numbers. They got the full list, and I'm of course not going to read through read, read through the, the the whole list. But yeah, you got Far Cry titles on there. You got Assassin's Creed titles on there. You got Battlefield One, Four, Hardline, and Five. You got the Dishonored games are already on there. But then you have a bunch of Lego games, Life is Strange, Life is Strange Two. The list is wild. Good for them. Good for them, man. They're, I mean, money where your mouth is, and they're they're proving that they are just committing to this hard. They are committing to being the best place to play older games, and I just I love it. I think it's so valuable, and I this is just going to continue to grow. And all of the systems working in tandem, whether it's Game Pass, EA Play, FPS Boost, all of this just works together to make an even better experience overall. It's fantastic yeah, to see. It's awesome, Tim. Before we get into our next news story. I want to tell you about our sponsors. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by honey. We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops, drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons you can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. The Kind of Funny crew loves Honey. Tim and Greg talk about it all the time. It helps them save money on all sorts of items. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by using it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I never recommend recommend something that we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games. Click the Honey button. Click the honey button. Story number Bless. five. What's up? But before you, I forgot to bring this up during the Konami story, but a mm. real quick thing that I've just been dying about over the last couple of days is on Friday when Greg tweeted the pregnancy picture of him and Jen, Konami yeah. retweeted it, which is hilarious. And that's just weird things like that happen because people follow us and they support Greg and all that stuff. So that's awesome. But Konami retweets it. Greg screen caps that and slacks uh to one of our channels that picture is just like lol because it's funny people mm -hmm. respond like what could this mean lol question mark question mark question mark just like joking about it my brother cool greg comes in obviously no understanding of konami or what any of this is and just replies is konami friend or foe <laughs> 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 which is like <laughs> so fucking funny but then no one replies to him he then slacks roger separately yeah. and roger roger sent me the screenshot of it where cool greg goes to roger because he expects roger to have the answers which he did and cool greg just goes who the hell's konami but spells it k-a-n-a-m-i <laughs> and i just love the innocence no i cool roger greg. dm'd me the same thing and i was like that is the funniest thing that could happen today friend God. or foe is the best way to put it <laughs> <sighs> 
Dear Lord, what are, what are, like what lives we live that Konami's out here tweeting Greg's I know. Greg and Jen's pregnancy announcement. You know, <laughs> God. Story number five. Uh, this is speaking of Xbox. Xbox explored lowering its cut on games on its console store. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft had been planning to cut its Xbox store cut to just 12%, according to confidential documents filled in the Epic Games versus Apple case. The software maker details its store fees and changes in a document from January, where it also lists the 12% cut to PC games it announced last week. While most of the important parts of the, of the document are redacted, one page reveals Microsoft also wanted to reduce its 30% cut on the Xbox console side. A table reveals, quote, all games will move to an 88-12 to 88-12 split in CY21, uh, which means Microsoft have been planning a significant significant cut to Xbox transactions for some point in the 2021 calendar year. While Microsoft has announced its PC cut, which is also listed in the same table, the company has stayed quiet about any Xbox plans. A change to 12% would be significant, particularly because Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all currently take 30% on digital sales. Quote, we will not be updating the revenue split for console publishers, says a Microsoft spokesperson. Microsoft still refuses to answer whether the document is inaccurate or simply that plans changed. The documents also reveal that Microsoft had been planning to adopt this lower store rate on the PC side with an important caveat. Quote, there is a proposal currently under gaming leadership team under under gaming leadership team consideration to adopt the 88-12 as a public PC games revenue share for all games in exchange for the grant of streaming rights to Microsoft, reveals the document. The streaming rights clause would mean developers have to ensure games are available on xCloud for this improved revenue cut. Tim, there's a lot, there was a lot we just went through right there, but basically yeah. summed up that the idea is that in this leaked document or not leaked but this document that was provided for the court case of epic and apple which is like a weird way for this to come out but it happened um in that it was explored that on the xbox console side they're considering the 88 12 split with developers and there, there are ideas in there that are like okay cool maybe this could be mean that if if a developer decides that game streaming uh, is a thing they want to do for Xbox X Cloud. Then that split is what is what they'll give uh, things like that. Like that, Tim. Where do you stand with all this? What are your thoughts? I, I think it's very interesting. Greg and I talked about it uh, last week, and I think we went even deeper into it on the the post show. But all of this revenue split stuff is uh, a, a very fascinating conversation that I think is going to be kind of ever changing in the next couple years as everybody kind of figures out what the competition means for them, but also like what is sustainable and what the the industry needs to look like going forward uh, i think there's a lot of different industries right now that are kind of dealing with similar things the podcast industry definitely is having a big boom of figuring out revenue splits and apple's doing its thing spotify today announced that it's uh doing a version of a subscription thing where a hundred percent of the revenue goes to the creators which is crazy uh, but that's also backed up that spotify has paid subscription services, but whatever. There's a lot of different factors at play, right? Uh, looking at the, the game side of things, game stores specifically, when we look at Steam, GOG, uh, Epic Game Store, right? There's a, a lot of different factors at play. And we talked about how Steam is probably going to be the last ones to change because they are the industry leaders by a long shot. And when you're an industry leader, you kind of don't need to follow until you're forced to, right? And it's these type of changes that over time, can nick away parts of the pie chart, so the pie graph, so that uh, Apple uh, in the podcast field and Steam in the game store field 
their ownership kind of like dwindles little by little. It's going to take a long time to get there, but these are the type of moves that could sustain a a more fruitful games industry where developers are getting more money to put back into the games, blah, 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 a lot of different factors at play there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it is going to be interesting seeing how Microsoft is so clearly using Game Pass as their future and it being less about console versus PC and more about playing the games. What does that look like when there's different splits on the console side versus PC side? At some point, do they converge? Like, I, I'm sure these are all the questions that everyone's trying to figure out right now. But the more standardized things can get, it'll just be better for everyone in the long haul. But I think that we're going to be uh, a ways away from that actually happening. Yeah. If this were to actually happen on the Xbox console side, that would be a big move. Uh, especially because that brings up the the argument for developers of like, cool, if I'm getting a 12% uh, 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 split, or Microsoft's getting the 12% of the split for these for these sales uh, on on their digital stores, and PlayStation is still doing 70-30, and Nintendo's still doing 70-30, then when I'm making a game, and say I'm an indie developer in this case, right? If I'm making a game and I only have the bandwidth to put out on PC and one other platform right now, maybe the decision does come down to, hey, put it on Microsoft because that 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 is where you're going to see the most money, right? Switch Switch right now, uh, I think still has that install base that goes goes hard after indie games right people love buying indie games on switch and then on the playstation and xbox side like there are perks there too but on on xbox usually that that perk is game pass being able to get your game on game pass to have have microsoft pay for it and possibly have that whole development paid for that is um that's a big perk for developers but if, if a new perk comes up in hey i can get i can get 88 percent of my sales back that's big and Again, I wonder, like, I think you make, you make a really good point about sales leader, because I think for PlayStation, you know, that for PlayStation and Nintendo, that then becomes becomes a choice of, shoot, one of our bigger competitors, one of our biggest competitors in Microsoft is making this change. What does that, what, what does that do to us? What does, that, what does that do for us? Does that make us change? And at first, the answer is probably no for that same epic game store versus steam versus steam argument right in this case microsoft would be the epic epic game store um Mm -hmm. but down the road who knows those things might have to converge because you see microsoft gaining more ground with with that possible split but then also with xbox game pass and the other things they're doing well more than that too it's i mean it's crazy that pc gaming and console gaming are more integrated than ever including the releases like you could get playstation games some of them on a pc horizon death stranding like that is unheard of before right but now it's just a thing where sony is making money on the pc storefronts and microsoft as well and we've seen the the crazy the numbers of on steam of the top charts and it's like when microsoft put out their first party console titles on it they're there when sony does it's the same thing Mm -hmm. like the the convergence point between where you're playing in games starting to, to matter less and less but that doesn't change the fact that money is made differently even for the same video game where you buy it right and it makes different people different levels of money that is going to be interesting and it's going to get more and more tense as time goes on because that we're we're talking about percentages on a small level it doesn't mean anything but it adds up over time if we're talking about top 10 selling titles on the storefront yeah you made you made the point last week too there was that gdc survey of developers asking about the the 70 30 split and whether it's justified and it was 97 percent of devs who were surveyed that were like no the 70 30 split sucks and this this uh idea here that microsoft had in their document 
could be leaning toward that, right? It might not only be a, hey, this is a competitive move. This is what Epic is doing, and maybe we should adopt this. It might be a whole industry shift that people might be pushing for. And if that's the case, again, I do wonder if this actually happens. This, uh, again, this is just a court document that was talking about them exploring the idea and they did announce it for a pc i would still be surprised if they if they brought it onto console this year but again if they do that's gonna be a big move that's gonna be a mean a lot uh for the industry and so stay tuned on that we'll see how that pans out but to stick with the whole court doc situation the same documents revealed even more in story number six uh court documents have revealed xbox's internal last of Us part two review this is andy robinson excuse at me Games. <laughs> Video Games Chronicle, yeah, man. Uh, court documents published as part of the Epic Games versus Apple legal case have offered a rare insight into Microsoft's competitive analysis of one of Sony's flagship games, The Last of Us Part Two. Included with several documents Microsoft has requested to be sealed by the court uh, is the internal review written by its GGPD portfolio team, which praises the Naughty Dog title as something Xbox should aspire to in terms of visuals and story. The, the Xbox review states that The Last of Us Part Two quote, sets a new bar for what we should hope to be what we should hope to be able to achieve going into a new generation of consoles. It says, quote, Last of Us Part Two is the exceedingly rare video game where what it accomplishes is mo- in moving forward the art of narrative storytelling in video games as a medium ultimately outweighs whether or not everyone likes it or even if everyone has fun playing it. That said, we loved it, had a great time playing it, and uh, find ourselves still thinking about his characters and stories even after finishing the playthrough. Uh, and this still continues in the in the review. The visual co- quality and attention to detail in The Last of Us Part Two is absolutely best in class in basically every area, and the overall presentation is significantly ahead of anything that other teams have been producing on console and PC, the review reads. The internal review reserves its only criticism for combat, which it says improves on the original The Last of Us, but is still subpar. Quote, Naughty Dog still can't seem to make decent gun combat in any of their games, and this one is no exception, the review states. Luckily for them, it fits with the, with the game's overall theme and pushes the player toward using stealth overhead on, end quote. This is fascinating because... Very obviously, none of us are supposed to supposed to see this document, yeah. right? None of us are supposed to see this review, and it's very interesting on the uh, to be able to get like a glimpse in to see how competitors kind of like view view each other's games and use that intel to kind of influence like what they need to do and 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 what they got the um, like what advantages they might also have. Uh, so yeah, this is fascinating. It's really fascinating. I love being able to see behind the curtain on this type of stuff. Like, what a weird glimpse into something that happens all the time, but we just don't see, right? We're not privy yeah. to this information. Um, and, I mean, personally, as a huge Last of Us fan, I think this is great news. Like, I, I the reverence that whoever this is at Xbox uh, holds this the Naughty Dog and these games in regards to, I think is super important, hopefully key to them looking at their first-party titles and understanding that they want a last of us they want this type of triple a game which we haven't seen yet really on the xbox this generation uh and hopefully we're going to soon enough but this would be fantastic yeah bj bernardo writes in about just that uh they write and say hey y'all do you do you see a particular already announced xbox game or series that could give us a last of us to like narrative storytelling game I keep thinking about the new Perfect Dark and how it can be how it can be this grounded dark story about corporations and fighting from underneath. Just know, av- just 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 you know, avoid the whole aliens taking over people storyline of the originals. Thanks, BJ. 
yeah so like the the their write-up mentions how like they should lead in a little bit to doing that type of game tim do you think is there anything that that are are there any games in the cards for xbox that you think could point to them possibly doing a last of us type game i think that uh perfect dark is the only one announced so far that has that chance i don't think so though i don't expect it to be that type of game um but we'll see i i do think that if we were to get this from xbox it'd be something that uh has not been announced yet however i do want to give a shout out to uh uh hellblade 2 where i feel like that game does have the chance to maybe not have the you know 30 hour epic of last of us but contain kind of a lot of the elements that we love last of us for in terms of technical achievement storytelling and character and uh so i feel like we should definitely keep an eye on that game where i imagine it is going to be a significant step above uh the first hellblade in terms of like showcaseness mm. for for the console and for how important it is to microsoft's catalog yes yeah like the article specifically the review specifically points out visuals and story and if, i think if there if there's anything in the xbox portfolio that can point to specifically that it would be hellblade you know hellblade one i think did such a, a magnificent job of having, having a story that did something fresh different and something that felt like it really hit home for so many players including me like i loved hellblade's story so much and then hellblade also as the this uh technical achievement what it did with audio what it did with visuals what it did with tying that in in order to tell its story i thought was super special and super good and i think can speak to that right i think perfect dark is another one that in terms of making a triple a or some might say quadruple a game might point to hey this is going to be a flagship in the way that we that sony might see last of us or uh uncharted or one of their bigger titles as a flagship and so i wonder what that means in terms of how they pace out story and, and combat and what that looks like i still think it's gonna be a first person shooter because it's perfect dark but can they have it have that same impact and have that same uh level of reverence that people have on the playstation side for naughty dog and for the last of us bless What's we're up? about to get E3 press conferences, man. We're yeah, about we to are. get a state of play, Dude, probably. We're, we're about see... to get Microsoft coming out with Bethesda coming out. What the fuck are they going to announce? Are we going to see some updates on Perfect Dark? Are we going to see some updates on Hellblade 2? That's the thing. Is this, this Microsoft E3 might be fucking bonkers because it's going to, It's uh, from reports, it's, it seems like they're going to maybe divide it up into Microsoft first party and then Bethesda because that's, still, that's like a lot to communicate. Fuck. But could you imagine the first let's say hour and a half to two hours is just us getting the Microsoft Microsoft games that aren't Bethesda. And it is Snoo Saga 2 Hellblade or Snoo Saga Hellblade 2, I should say. Uh, us getting that, us getting an update on Perfect Dark, us getting updates on um, Everwild and all, and all the other games. And then they're like, cool, two hours is up. All right, let's transition over to our friends at Bethesda. And it is different stage, different vibes. It, it starts off with Starfield or some shit. And we're then we get in a Nintendo Direct or whatever Nintendo ends up doing. Dude, I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are like, temper your expectations, Tim. Don't of get course. too hyped. You're going to be let down. You know what? Let me down. I don't care. <laughs> I'm feeling this right now. I haven't felt this level of excitement about things in a very long time. I'm going to have it, and you can't take this away from me. Big facts, Tim. Big facts. Thank you. Let's wrap up with our last news story. Story number seven. Uh, major fighting game publishers pull, pull out of We Play sponsored events. This is from Moises Tavares, the homie from OK Beast at Pace Magazine. 
a partnership between the esports organization we play and a controversial russian gambling site called one xbet is making waves as a notable fighting game developer or as notable fighting game developers and publishers are beginning to sever ties to the tournament organizer at the exact same time today and this is written i believe on friday or over the weekend uh netherrealm studios the developers behind mortal kombat and bane dynamco uh the publisher responsible for dragon ball fighters tekken and soul caliber released statements announcing that they would be withdrawing their their games from we play sponsored events and would quote no longer be working with we play as an esports tournament organizing partner end quote the differences in vision that both companies seem to be alluding to looks to stem, stem from controversy surrounding 1xBet. The gambling firm has an upsetting record, to say the least, with a 2019 investigation by The Times revealing that they promoted bets on children's sports and advertised on sites that hosted cockfighting live streams, as well as hosting tons of their own legal or illegal casinos. The investigation prompted a takedown of one expert's site uh, in the UK, <clears throat> in the UK, which reportedly still remains down to this day. And so, this is one that like is more like a. Uh, there's not really much to touch on, not really much to kind of like ponder about, but it's very much a. Hey, just so you know, this shit is going down. The the these statements are put out, and here's why. Uh, the, and so the fighting game community can't catch a break, man. Like I right? swear, the last like two years have just been like hit after hit after hit. I do think that a rebuilding process is inevitable, and with like purchases like PlayStation's been making and stuff, like I think it could turn into something really special in the future. And it does kind of need a foundational restructure to like kind of like move forward, so things like this aren't as commonplace as they've been. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that things work out because there's something extremely special about what fighting games and fighting game tournaments and what that community can bring and offer to the gaming industry yeah for sure like i've been talking to friends for a while about wanting to go to evo or wanting to go to a bigger fighting games fighting game tournament because it's always so much fun to watch like you want to talk about hype in video games watch evo watch a fighting game tournament it is the most hype shit that you could watch uh, and Evo being canceled last year, I think, was just a big bummer overall for the entire community. And so I'm excited to see what Evo looks like upcoming, especially now that uh, they're with PlayStation. And that probably means that they're going to have better management uh, than they have had over the last few years. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But Tim, mm -hmm. the next Evo is probably just so far away. If I wanted was coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today, we got Spirits of Xanadu for Switch, and then Predator Hunting Grounds is now available on PC. New dates for you. Psionics and NASCAR announced the NASCAR 2021 Fan Pack is coming to Rocket League on May 6th. And then we got a big old deal of the day coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. We're getting Dragon Quest Builders 2 for console and PC. That's May 4th. FIFA 21 console and PC via EA Play. That's May 6th. Outlast 2 cloud console and PC. Uh, that's ID at Xbox May 6th. Steep for cloud and console May 6th. Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remastered for console and PC May 13th. Just Cause 4 Reloaded, that's coming to cloud, console, and PC May 13th. Psychonauts, that's coming to cloud, console, and PC May 13th. Red Dead Online, that's coming to cloud and console May 13th. And then Remnant from the Ashes is coming to PC May 13th. And once again, those are all coming to Xbox Game Pass. Tim, folks mm -hmm. can write in to Patreon 
patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free they can write in with their questions but they can also write in with their squad ups just like our homie steve sailor the blind gamer did steve sailor steve sailor writes in with a different type of squad up and says this hello blessing and tim I have a super special request of the kind of funny best friends. I'm currently up for a Webby Award, and I need your help to vote. Last year, I was involved in an ad campaign for Xbox called Power Your Dreams, where Xbox linked up with a prominent university that was doing a dream study. The subjects of the dream study would be put into a semi-sleep state, which allows you to dream, but in a way that you can answer questions about your dream as it is happening. Xbox then would record those sleep sessions and then turn them into works of art. There's been a short film directed by Taika Waititi, uh, a pair of Nike shoes made for Odell Beckham Jr., and for, and for me, a fully 3D spatial audio story set in the world of Destiny. I didn't know this right. until when the nominees were announced, but the Xbox marketing team submitted my story to be nominated for, for a Webby Award, and it is currently up for voting in the social experimentation and innovation category. We are currently in second place, and time is running out. It would mean the absolute world to me if the Kind of Funny Best Friends would help us get to the top spot and win this thing. The Webby Awards URL to vote is too long, but if you, if you go to stevesailor.net slash webbies, you can find the link to vote there. Thank you so much, and I appreciate all of your help. Uh, Steve Saylor, the blind gamer. Again, that, uh, that link will be in the description, but for those listening, it is Steve Saylor, that is S-T-E, V-E-S-A-Y-L-O-R dot net slash Webby's spelled W-E-B-B-Y-S. Go vote for Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, everybody. Show him your support. And if Hell you don't yeah. Know, if you don't Just know Just let Steve, you know, he's the fucking homie. This sounds oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm setting it up right now. You have to sign up for an account, but you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it for the boy. And if you don't, if you don't know Steve, uh, one, you should know him because he's made plenty of appearances on our content, but he's also showing up on PS I Love You this week going up tomorrow morning uh, to talk about Returnal accessibility. So get hyped about that. Tim, people can go over mm-hmm. to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, people are writing in about the Sony and Discord. Again, guys, you got to wait to the end of the Roper Report. All right, we got you. We got people like Greg Miller <laughs> who are writing the stories in as we are speaking. And so don't worry about that. Uh, let's see here. Predator, Predator hit, uh, Hunting Grounds hit Steam. It's been on Epic uh, for its year of exclusivity. And so there's a clarification there. Uh, so Predator Hunting Ground has been on PC, but it's finally coming to Steam. So thank you, much, thank you so much for that. Uh, and that is from, I should say, Corey G. Tim? Yes. We got a, we got a whole week of hosts. It's Monday. And so look forward, mm-hmm. uh, starting tomorrow, to Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday is just question marks. We have no idea who's hosting on Wednesday. And so look forward to that. To that. Uh, Thursday, we got Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it's Greg and Jason Schreier. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Nick playing what, Kevin? Warzone. Probably. So that but before Warzone. that, we're going to be reacting to the Marvel Phase 4 trailer. So stay tuned. Ooh. It's going to be live. And it's going to be fun. Kevin, do you know if they finished Uncharted? No, they didn't. They did not. They're like two-thirds through. They're very gotcha, close. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. Bless.